Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Judith. Judith is my photographer and I'm very fortunate to call her also my friend. So I'm so excited for her to be on here. So Judith Soul is a photographer, educator, and margarita lover. I love margaritas as well. And I'm super excited to have them with you tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow when this airs, but tomorrow... <laughs> in our time (laughs) when we're recording this. Um, So Judith is classy, sassy, and a little smart assy. They are just a few words she would use to describe herself. Since starting her company in March of 2009, Judith has made it her mission not only to take amazing images for her clients, but to also educate and inspire other photographers with through her teaching at the Virginia Museum of Contemporary Art since 2012. And I can say that she does make take amazing images. Actually, one of her images is the picture of the, the podcast graphic is my, my is literally one of the pictures you took. So yay. In case anybody wants to check that out. I mean, some of the podcast graphics actually use those pictures because I filtered through all of them. So she is one half of the dynamic duo behind the camera of fresh look photography, where she is assisted in photographing by her handsome husband Eric on wedding days and you should you guys need to follow Judith just to see these outtakes of Eric with, with like hanging out with like the brides and the bridesmaids and I always yep. laugh when I see them Judith like I crack up so hard I'm like that how fun that must be like I mean if I were getting married I would need you to come just so I could have Eric do these crazy things in the picture. absolutely I couldn't do without my Asian sensation husband <laughs> love that. <laughs> so with a little bit of a potty mouth, which we share and makes me happy, yep. Judith strives to be joyful in whatever she is doing, especially when we get to break out the margaritas and lime, which we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> so Judith, you have been in business for a really long time, but it wasn't yes. exactly a pretty story that got you started with your business. So can no. you take us back there? Like what was going on in your life? Absolutely. So first of all, Megan, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super stoked to be chatting with you and uh, reaching all your listeners. Um, So I got my start in, let's see, I got my professional start. I worked with Life Touch Studios in 2008. And then in 2009, I had my daughter Mara, and she is our youngest child. And at that point, I was actually going through the start of a really messy, horrid divorce. And in 2009, I had two small children. Um, I had my son, Wesley, and my daughter, Mara. And I was going through this divorce, and I had my ex who was making my life pretty horrible. And I didn't know how, as a stay-at-home mom at that point, I was going to make ends meet. And I felt like I really was kind of faced with two options. I could either go out and get a real job and put my babies in daycare for 10 hours a day and literally work to put them in daycare. Or I could really try and make this photography gig a legit business and be able to stay home with my kids. And 
I rolled the dice and I got lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was, like I said, I started, I I marked March of 2009 as the official start of my business because that is when I did my first wedding for Amy and Cody and God bless them. They are about to celebrate 10 years of being married and I'm I know. And they, God bless them. They still actually talk to me. Like (laughs) I told them like, we need to do a big wedding, a big wedding redo for their 10 year anniversary because uh, I've improved a little bit since then. And um, yeah, I want to be able to give them awesome pictures. But so between then and now it has been quite a roller coaster. Um, I have got, it's been, okay, sorry trying to get my thoughts in order. So 2009, um, at that point I was bootstrapping it. I didn't have any money to get myself in a position to be better educated. I didn't have money to get better clientele to market. I didn't even, at that point, I didn't even know how to market myself as a photographer. I just did I started out doing free photo shoots for anyone who would let me take their pictures. And then those people started referring me to their friends and thank you to those wonderful people who I started out with. And there are even a couple of clients that I've had throughout this entire journey. Um, and I love them all. But when I started out, it was literally, I will do anything that you will pay me for because I have to feed my children. That was literally my mentality. And back then, you know, the first few years, 2009, 2010, 2011, it was really just kind of by the skin of my teeth that I was trying to get through it. I didn't care what I photographed. I didn't care who I photographed or what they needed. You want me to take pictures of your dogs? I don't even photograph animals. Sure, let's do some dog portraits. (laughs) And so anyone who looks at my work now, you're never going to see dogs. On my, I mean, dogs are cute and I love them, but you know, that's not the type of photography that I do. Right. Unless they're like part of the family picture. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm all about bringing dogs in for family portraits, but I'm not a pet photographer. So, um, so I spent a few years really just kind of guerrilla marketing and I don't even know. No, actually, yeah. I will be honest, at that point, I was not the best photographer. That is not what made me successful and what kept bringing clients in the door. It is because I wanted it more than other people. I know that um, there are a lot, at that time, I knew a lot of photographers who were also starting up, but they maybe had a significant other's paycheck who was taking care of the bills and their money was just fun money. But for me, it was quite the opposite. It was, if I don't make money, I will not be able to feed my children and put a roof over our heads and, you know, have basic necessities. Yeah. So the first few years were quite rough. (laughs) Um, And then in 2011, I realized that what I was doing wasn't working. I was getting a decent amount of clients. Um, I was making an okay amount of money, but it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't making my heart happy and I didn't know why. Hmm. So at the end of 2011, I was really feeling burned out because I felt like I was just doing the same thing over and over and over and there was no passion there. So in 2012, I took a little bit of a step back in the beginning of the year and realized that the things that I was photographing, like families with small children and babies and things like that, that really wasn't where my heart was at. That wasn't making my heart happy. Um, I realized that where my photography really started shining was when I was photographing couples 
and when I was doing weddings and when I was able to interact with those people who had found their person. And so I made the decision in 2012 to not do, well, to specialize in couples and weddings and then, you know, also families as well. But the main uh, type of photography that I do at this point since then and up until now is couples and weddings and people in love and documenting those big milestones. And then obviously that carries over into families. We love our families that we still get to photograph at this point. And uh, it was hard in the beginning because, you know, when you switch your focus from doing everything that anyone will pay you for to only this, you know, niche it down and you're only doing this one specific type of photography, that means you're turning down other jobs. And I think that as entrepreneurs, that's so hard for us because we're not just saying no to a client. We're not just saying no to an opportunity. Essentially, we're saying no to money because this person contacted you and said, I want to give you money to do this. And I'm sitting over here saying, nope, I don't want your money. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that that was probably the biggest uh, mental hurdle for me to get over because I could do it. Could I technically do it? Could I physically do it? Absolutely. But is my heart and soul and passion there? No. And I felt like at that point, I was doing a disservice to my clients and to the people that I was photographing for by giving them okay pictures when they could work with someone else and have amazing pictures. And I don't want to take that away from anybody. I want everybody to have the best photography experience possible. And if that's with me, awesome. We're going to have a great time. And if that's not with me, that's okay too. That just means there's somebody even better out there for that client. Yes. And that's so hard sometimes to say no to all those things. And some of my favorite pictures you took of us for me and Jeremy, like (laughs) you got him to come out of his little shell. he's a good sport but I mean it really is hard to get him sometimes like he's got to feel comfortable you know to be that and so he was obviously very comfortable with you but you know that's why I try to be very choosy with the people I work with when it comes to taking pictures because he will I mean he will just close up and you're not going to get anything out of him but he was so cute those pictures he's so adorable so I don't want anybody to take this take away from this is like you had to do what you had to do in the beginning to where you were, but then you got to a point where you're like, I can choose and say, this is what I really enjoy doing. And you take some of the most beautiful wedding photos that I see on the internet. I I mean, I enjoy them so much. And I'm like, someday when I have a vow renewal, I'm just going to make Judy fly to me. (laughs) Right. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Judith does travel, FYI, for anybody who loves Yep. She will come. Passport will travel. Absolutely. (laughs) But I don't want people to miss that in the very beginning, you were going through a rough time. Um, So can you take us back a little bit and share with us how you were able to get through this this divorce and, and being a single mom with two children while also building a business. Oh man. Okay. So that was, man. so let's see. So that was probably the bulk of it was probably over 2009, 2010. Um, and that was like, that was absolutely horrendous. So 
just digging a little bit into my story. So like I said, I had a um, pretty horrendous divorce and I was the reason that we got divorced. I was, I was the one who initiated everything because so I, when I was done with the marriage, he was not happy with it. Um, and I did a lot of horrible things and he did a lot of horrible things and he made our divorce and everything that happened very public. Um, oh. He alienated most of the people that I know, um, everyone that we knew together. Um, and it was very much like we were picking sides or people were picking sides. Like they were on, you know, whose team are you on? And mm. So when I say it was a terrible divorce, it wasn't just bad because I was going through divorce. It was bad because every single person that I knew knew what had happened and was judging me one way or the other. And so I felt very closed off from my community, from my family, from my friends, and truly felt like I did not have any sort of support system. Add that on to the fact that I've got two small kids who at this point were five and, or no, excuse me, four and like six months old mm-hmm. to five and one and a half years old um, and trying to figure out what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. There's absolutely no way. And so I threw myself a pity party. And I just kind of sulked about it for a little while and was just felt very defeated um, Mm -hmm. for a while. And I remember there was one day and things had been, I had a really bad fight with my ex and I was literally sitting in the bathroom floor with the door locked, sobbing, sobbing my heart out because, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty bubbly person. I'm pretty happy. You are. And and I feel, I felt like at that point, I, I never understood, like, how, how could someone contemplate suicide? How could someone feel mm-hmm. like that is the only way out? And you know what? For the first time in my life, and thankfully the only time thus far, um, I, I felt like I get it. Like, that, I remember sitting there on the floor sobbing and thinking, like, I understand why someone would feel like this is the only way out because there's just no end. Mm-hmm. So... I realized at that point that like I could only fix me. I couldn't do anything about the way my ex was acting. I couldn't do anything about the way anyone else said or thought about me. The only thing I could do is move forward and try and get my shit together. So very, very slowly at like a snail's pace, (laughs) I started to try and figure out, all right, what the hell am I going to do? So I, um, that's, that's really kind of when I sat down and thought, all right, how can I, what, what are my options at this point? Cause at that point it wasn't even, Hey, let's go be a photographer. It right. was, what can I do? And so I realized that I did not want to be an absent parent. Um, you know, my kid, my ex was in the military and so they're already down one parent. I didn't want them to be down two. So I, after some soul searching and some brainstorming, I really kind of turned to photography out of desperation um, because I felt like that was one of the only options that I had to give my kids the life I wanted, give myself the life I wanted and still have the flexibility to stay at home with them. 
So at that point, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to do this. So how do I get the word out? And back in 2009, if you can believe it or not, just 10 short years ago, social media really was not a thing. (laughs) It was barely getting off. It was barely getting off. Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It wasn't really a thing. Like I, I didn't even have a website when I started, you know, I, I had a Facebook page and that was about it. There was no, um, I personally didn't have a Twitter Instagram wasn't around. Pinterest wasn't around. I mean, it was just guerrilla marketing in the sense that you contacted anybody you knew and said, or I should say, I contacted any, everybody that I knew and said, Hey, if you are doing pictures in the near future, I'd love to do them for you. Mm-hmm. And at that point I wasn't even doing them paid. In the very beginning, I just needed photos for my portfolio so that I could say, Hey, I'm doing pictures and then I want to be able to tag you when I post them on Facebook. And then I want to be able to reach out to your friends if they say they're interested. And so I did a lot of free work. I did a lot of shitty work. Um, I did a lot of work that I got paid for that I would definitely turn down now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, like, I'm just saying I photographed you know, if you want to talk about, you know, some of the, the depths that we went to, I took on a job photographing a, and mom, I'm sorry if you're listening, but, <laughs> but I took on a job photographing at um, a go-go bar. For, oh, man. Sort of, yeah, they were having some sort of, like, if, uh, contest for the girls to see who could do, like, the best routine, and I definitely photographed that. Go me. Go you. You can, you can put that on your resume. <laughs> Photograph yeah. the bar. Absolutely. So it definitely not one of the best gigs I've ever taken, but you know what? I got a paycheck and it was, you know, a few bucks closer to being able to pay the rent, being able to, you know, feed the kids, being able to do what I need to do. And at that point, like I was not too good for anything. I, I truly wasn't. And I, I literally said yes to anything that was willing to pay me. And I think that for me as a photography instructor and as a mentor to other photographers, that's something that I feel like is lacking in a lot of entrepreneurs today. I feel like some people think they're too good to do X, Y, Z. They're too above doing this to get to that. Um, and that's, that's just not the case. If you don't have experience and you, or you need to hit X goal, I mean, you do it, you do whatever you got to do to make it happen. And that was always my mentality. It was never an option to fail. So my mentality was always do whatever I have to do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can't imagine what position you were in, you know, when you first started and sharing and thank you for sharing that part of your story. I know it can't be easy. And like, even me, like, like two and a half years ago, did some really shitty things in my marriage that my husband could have been like, you know what? I've had enough of your shit. Let's go. You know, yeah. cause I yeah. mean, I, I've been that wife and I shared a little bit on Facebook not too long ago, but I've been that wife where I was, I mean, I did some really bad things. And fortunately for me, my husband's not one of those people to share things publicly, but you see them on Facebook all the time. I saw it this morning, a girl I know was sharing about her marriage and how, what a shitty husband her, uh, what a shitty husband her current husband is. And I'm like, y'all like some things need to stay private. So I'm so sorry that your yeah. ex felt it necessary to like air your dirty laundry out there. Cause that's between you and him. Yeah. It's not between exactly. you and the entire world. You know, <laughs> right. I, I, I fully respect couples when they decide to get a divorce to say, hey, 
we had some issues. We didn't get along. We're getting a divorce, but don't like tell all because I feel like that's the best way possible because there's just certain things people don't need to know. You know, we all do really not so proud moments. We have not so proud moments, but you know, now that you, you had to struggle with not having your support and your community and everything like that. So how, what has helped you go like personally in your personal development journey from that, that moment crying on your bathroom floor to where you are today. I mean, now you're remarried, you have a wonderful life that you really enjoy. Like what has helped you the most along that journey? I mean, people listening might think like I'm in a really bad place, Judith, like what, what maybe has helped you that could help me as well? Oh man. So I vividly remember, like I said, there, there were really two defining moments for me in that whole horrible, um, journey with my, there were a lot, but two really that that, like, I vividly remember sitting there and being in that position. One of them was sitting on the bathroom floor crying. And the other one was when I realized that I had enough. And there was, there's a quote that says, Oh, and you're going to have to forgive me. I'm going to look this up um, later, but it's, it's something to the effect of, you'll continue to stay in the situation that you're in until the pain of staying or excuse me, until the pain of leaving is less than the pain of staying. Yes. I've heard that one before. Right. And so forgive me if I didn't say it quite correctly, but that for me, that was it. I remember, and I was sitting in a Starbucks parking lot and I was having another argument with my ex, one of the many millions that we had, but I was having another argument and I realized, I swear it was like something clicked in my mind. And I said, I'm done. That no amount of shit that I could ever be put through is worth this. No, no amount of goodness that could come out of it. Nothing is worth the way, feel, continuing to feel the way that I feel right now. And I realized that that is enough. And I am the only one that can control that. I can't control what he does. I can't control what anyone else does, but I sure as hell can control what I do. Yeah. So at, from that point on, I realized that what I had was not what I wanted. And at that point, I didn't even necessarily know what I wanted. Right. But I knew that it wasn't that. So I, you know, put very firm boundaries in place or put much firmer boundaries in place mm-hmm. with my ex. And really started to figure out, all right, who am I? What do I want? And it sounds so simple. It sounds so simple. But like, I would never think to call, or I used to never think to call myself bubbly and a happy person. I never attributed those words to myself. And then I realized that I, I want to be happy. Life is too damn short to be unhappy. It really is. And I realized that I wanted to be happy. So I started doing things like, let's see. I mean, it was as simple as like, I remember the first thing that I did for myself was take family pictures with my two kids. And it sounds like such a little thing, but it was just me and my two kids. And it was in December of 2011. Um, and it was such a little thing. But to me, that meant everything because I felt like I wasn't a family with my kids. I felt like we didn't get to have family pictures taken because it was just the three of us. And I realized I'm just as much of a family mm-hmm. with just my three, with just the three of us. You know, we're, we're a better family in some senses because of 
the situation that we had been through and that we had done now. So, I mean, realizing that we are enough, like I am enough. And it sounds so silly to say that, but like I am enough and I am worth so much more than what I was being given or, and really what I was allowing to happen Mm. to me and into my life. And uh, there's a song, um, I think Nicki Minaj sings it. Don't quote me on that, but um, it's called uh, Baby I'm Worth It. I freaking hate that song. I fucking hate that song, excuse me. (laughs) But like, I really hate that song because she's like, oh, baby, I'm worth it. And I'm like, no, no, bitch, you better show me that you're worth it because I know I am worth it. Like, what are you bringing to the table? And, And like that mindset shift for me was monumental because I realized I am worth it. Like I am more than enough. I am really awesome. And I, I say that with a little bit of humility, but like, I, I you know, I'm pretty awesome. I really am. That's my you really are. You know. I mean, <laughs> and, and I think that too often we don't allow ourselves to, because, you know, it feels vain. Oh, well, we're, you know, I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm okay at this. I'm, I do this all right. no, I'm an amazing photographer and I'm a really kick-ass wife and I am a wonderful mom to my kids. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. And I think that when we allow ourselves to say, yes, I am worth it. I am worth it. What are you bringing to the table? Then that opens up a bunch of things because I didn't feel like I was ever going to be anything other than like, you know, a mom or a wife or an okay photographer. Yeah. And look at you now. (laughs) And look at me now, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're crushing it. And it's hard because I only met you probably at the end of 2015, beginning of 2016. So we've only known each other like maybe like two and a half, three years or something like that, that like knowing you then, like I can't imagine the person you're talking about because you really are super confident. You are such a wonderful person. You are like joyful and bubbly. And I know you have your bad days. Oh, we all have them. Yeah, but you, you know, you can tell you, you love your life. You really do shine. So hearing about this person that you were at one point in time is really <laughs> difficult to hear. But of course I yeah. can understand because I've been there too, right? Like, I Absolutely. Mean, like five yeah. years ago, you would have been like, who the fuck is this bitch? <laughs> Seriously. Well, and I, I feel like all of us, you know, you can call it putting on a mask, you can call it being fake, you can call it changing your persona, but I feel like all of us have that layer of shit that we're dealing with, and mm-hmm. all of us have a past, and all of us have crappy things that happen to us, and I, I remember the first time that somebody said that they really looked up to me and said that they hoped that they could be as good of a photographer as I was, And I was really struggling at that point. It was um, probably three or four months before we got married back in um, 2015. And this person was really uh, an encouragement to me because I was struggling with um, some things in our life in that at that time. And for them to be, to tell me, to look at me and say, man, you've got it all together. You've got the perfect life. You're about to marry this awesome guy. You've got a great business. And I'm like, oh, bitch, if you only knew, if you only knew. (laughs) And so I don't think that that's being fake. 
I, mm. I, I mean, and you call it what it is, but like, I think that each of us struggles and just because somebody's putting on a good face or just because somebody's getting everything done and making that money and doing what they need to do for their family, you know, we're all the same. We're all struggling. My struggles may not be the same as yours, but we're all struggling and we're all making it happen. And how you choose to react to that struggle is really what I think separates the awesome people from the less awesome people. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I was not, I was a less awesome person like five years ago. I was like a hot freaking mess. I'm like, who, who was that chick? Like, I don't even know her. I kind of judged her a little bit, but I'm like, oh, that's partially me. So yep. <laughs> we not yeah. But speaking of what you were talking about, it makes me think of your wedding ring story. Um, oh, you yeah. want to tell us a little bit? Because I mean, when I when you read, I'll link your blog post up in the show notes too. But I, I mean, okay. this was this was a it was a perfect it was a perfect like it encapsulates what you just said. Like yes. what you just said about how sometimes it's not quite what it seems. So tell us about. Yeah. Okay, so um, so when Eric, so Eric and I met in 2013 and I knew in about three weeks that he was going to be something special I didn't I wouldn't even say like oh I knew we were gonna get married but I knew he was gonna be somebody important and then very quickly like we had a very intense relationship like I was at the point in my life where I wanted to um have that person so we got engaged in May of 2014 and um about a month or no, no, about a month after that, we were um, planning on moving into our house. And so we, there were a lot of renovations that needed to be done to our home. And so we spent within the first, gosh, I don't know, like month of living there, we probably dropped 15000 in cash on renovations for the house. So we, you know, leading up to, I knew he was thinking about proposing and I told him, I was like, I don't want an expensive engagement ring. That money could be much better put towards the house. Like that is an immediate need. A shiny ring on my finger is not, I don't care about that. I mean, I care a little bit, but you know, <laughs> at that point, at that point, it, there were other things that needed to happen. Right. So when he proposed, he gave me this big, giant, beautiful, sparkly ring. And it was gorgeous. It was, I think it was a two carat ring. It was stupid, sparkly and gorgeous. And I loved having it on my finger. And it was fake. It was a fake stone. Um, the metal was real. The side, the little um, side diamonds were real, but the main stone was fake. And I never told anybody that because A, it's none of their business and right. I mean you couldn't tell like the ring was stunning if I do say so myself <laughs> um, and for me it wasn't important because the ring while important yes it's beautiful but it's just a symbol to show people like I belong to him that's mine right. I, um, and so in let's see I think it was last year yeah it was last year yep so last year um, Eric bought me a new ring and he bought me a big, stupid, expensive Viragio ring. And this was not a fake diamond <laughs> and it was beautiful and I love it. And I wear it today. And, uh, the link that, um, Megan's going to post shows my beautiful bling blam. Um, and it just goes to show. And so when he gave me that ring, um, I posted a big article on our blog 
and saying that, hey, this is what happened. Like, we had other things that were way more important. And so when we got engaged, nobody thought, oh, my God, why is she getting a fake ring? Blah, blah, blah. No, nobody thought that. Nobody knew. Everybody just saw, here are two people in love. They've got a beautiful engagement ring. Move on with your life. Right. Yeah. No, and I love that. And I, I, I feel like that story, the reason I wanted you to share is it encapsulates, words are not my friends today, um, encapsulates what you were saying about how it's not always what it appears, right? Yeah, and and sometimes there's things behind what's going on that we don't yeah. really always see. And I get this a lot from people who like, they first beat me and they're like, there's, they, they become friends with me on Facebook and there's like, there's no way that you struggle with depression and anxiety. And I'm like, some days it's crippling, but yes, I figured, yeah. well, thank you. But that's because like, there's a time and place and it's the yeah. time and place for my depression and anxiety to come out and play is not when I am at a social engagement. Right. So right. of course you're not going to see that at a social engagement. Now I might come out when I'm hanging out with my friends privately because you know, there's, there's Absolutely. a time where you're just like, I, I can't keep up this, you know, I just got to. So I felt like that really right. encapsulates what you had said about that. Um, so yeah. you, as we wrap, uh, wrap up the podcast, uh, what are some things that you'd like to leave people with, whether it is about starting a business or your personal you know, journey? You, know, you talked about bootstrapping and now that you are able yeah. to pick your niche and be able to say like, this is, this is what I love to do and this is the people I love and I can say yes or no to clients. And you do, you have a, like, right. a contact me form where you actually have to like, vet your clients before you actually say yes, if you've never worked with them, <laughs> before, which is great. So Absolutely, yeah. what would you like to leave the podcast audience with? So I guess my first um, thing is just kind of tying up what we just talked about. It's like, you know, never see things at face value because you never know the struggle that somebody else is going through just because they're putting on a good face. You know, we're all struggling. The struggle might be different, but we're all struggling and we all need to lift each other up. Yes. And then as far as from a business standpoint, um, if I could tell entrepreneurs anything, it would be pick your niche sooner. Um, pick what you want to do because that makes it so much easier because then you're not getting inquiries for things that you don't actually want to focus your time and attention on. Mm -hmm. You're getting inquiries for things that you actually give, that you actually care about and you're able to get where you want to go sooner. Um, and I definitely do not recommend photographing for a go-go bar. That's not going to take you anywhere in your career. <laughs> uh, but if you do want some help, I could not more strongly suggest um, getting a business mentor uh, mm. for whatever your industry is. Get someone and uh, hire someone who is where you want to be and yes. figure out, all right, how did they do it? And how can I go from where I am down here to where they are up here? What are, what are the steps and how can they help me get a game plan so that I can eventually be up here? Mm -hmm. And there's career coaches for those that don't have businesses as well. So I don't think yeah. a lot of people know that, but there are actually career coaches that can help you in the path of your career. There's actually, I listened to a podcast cause I'm going to become a licensed therapist when I grow up. I listened to a Yay! podcast of somebody who, um, she helps therapists grow their businesses. You know, there are people. Oh, wow. people awesome. oh. oh, yeah. And I, I think, 
I think that that's important because just because you don't know how to do it doesn't mean you should just keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to do it, go talk to somebody who does know how to do it and then help them, let them help you get where you want to go. Because I spent a really long time before I started investing in education for myself and my business. And now, I mean, to me, it's nothing to blow a few thousand dollars on a workshop that specifically focuses on what I need to do. Yeah. And, 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 and look at, and I want people to look at it as an investment, you know, because this is going to pay off in the future. Cause I think a lot of times the monetary part has people hold back. I get it a lot of times where people are like, well, it's, you know, coaching's really expensive, Megan. I, you know, I can't really afford to work with you. And I was like, I understand. But one time I spent like a thousand dollars on a coach, you know, for myself and you know, it was well worth the time I, I spent on this person, you know, to, to get me where I am today. And now my past different. So now I have to like pivot, but I mean, it is an investment. Right. I want people to see that. I mean, the same with like investing in a photographer, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the truth. Yes. Well, and also I think with, um, it, I mean, I know we're trying to wrap up, so I'll make this quick. <laughs> no, you're good. But, um, when it comes to, investing in your business and mentoring or business coaching or whatever you want to call it. A lot of times people see, Oh, this is the perfect program for me. I want to do it. And then they see the price tag and they get sticker shock and they're like, Oh, I do not have thousand dollars, $2,000, whatever it is to invest. And the, the way I look at it is all right, well, you keep doing what you're doing. You don't drop this thousand dollars, $2,000, whatever it is on your business. And you keep going a year from now, where are you going to be in your business? Mm -hmm. versus if you took that money, invested $1,000, $2,000 and did the program, what are you going to get in return? What's the return on your investment? And right. where are you going to be a year from now? Because if it's going to move you forward or move you towards the things that you want, it's worth it. It's always going to be worth it. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, baby steps. I mean, if somebody is a brand new entrepreneur, they may not be there yet, but you know, do That's invest cool. in something that can help with the next step because I, they always yeah. say like, you can help the person behind you go up a step. So maybe you start with this one coach or program or whatever that's going to help you get to the next step. Well, once you get to that step and now it's helped you grow even more, then you can, you can, you know, ramp up and go to the next one and the next one. I mean, it, it, it can be baby steps. We can do it one little piece. of Yes. Time. Yes, absolutely. Well, Judith, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and being so transparent, sharing your story. Cause I know that couldn't have been easy. And, and I know, cause I, sometimes when I share parts of my story, I'm like, did I really just do that? I actually had a, a <laughs> podcast guest say to me, she's like, I had buyer's remorse after the podcast episode. Cause I'm like, did I really just, you know, share that part of my, my life? Um, and I'm like, yeah. well, that piece is going to help somebody that's listening. Um, and know, Absolutely. like, look, you know, look what you've been through, look what you went through and look where you are today and look at all Absolutely. the things that have helped. So Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I am so stoked. I really appreciate you having me on. And hopefully my story can encourage someone because I tell you what, guys, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I promise you. 
Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.